kid. Hello, I'm Sammy Iceberg. This week we are here with Tim Jackson, uh, the GM for the Round Rock Express. So uh, can you tell me a little bit of your uh, just baseball background to start off? Sure. Well, baseball's been a part of my life, my entire life, I'm, I'm proud to say. I grew up in the Dallas area, um, obviously played multiple sports, uh, which I'm a fan of, but um, came out, played junior college baseball in Waco, Texas, at McClendon Community College. I transferred over to Baylor, uh, played my final two years in 2006 and 2007. Uh, and loved my, my time doing that and then became the graduate assistant for the baseball team. So I uh, learned to see there was another side of the game that I could be a part of and stay around the game even though I went on, on the field. So I did all the team's travel, a lot of logistical stuff, operation stuff, and really fell in love with, with that piece. Uh, and then in 2010, uh, joined up with the Round Rock Express, really blessed to do that. Uh, came on as uh, kind of the community relations director, uh, assisted with PR, and then did the team's travel. So that was kind of my, my big thing and thing I had experience with. Uh, and got here in 2010. And so this is my, my 10th year at the Express, my fourth year as a general manager. Uh, learned a lot about the game and, and, and really fell in love with minor league baseball after that first season. How do you think you got from going uh, and coaching for, ba- for Baylor for almost four years to uh, being the GM of the Roundhouse Express? That's a great question. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think uh, I equate a lot of stuff to uh, things when I was a player is to focus on the things you can control. There's a lot you can't. And so after that first year, I've told this story a lot to people, but uh, I don't know a thing about community relations uh, and really not much about PR as, as well. I really was going to come in and take control of the team travel and baseball operations, which I knew, and learn the other stuff. Uh, but I really fell in love with the game. I fell in love, you know, so many of us, you come to a ballpark, you think it's all about the play on the field. As you all know, coming out a lot, it's not. It's more about the experience and having fun. Our players at this level change a lot. So I came on as a college baseball guy. I think it's to be all about baseball, but I had to oversee the community relations department. So I really took my my focus and turned it outside the stadium. And you got to see what kind of impact we can have, uh, the platform we can provide for a lot of great organizations. So I just really fell in love with all of that. And then, you know, me growing up in the in the Dallas Fort Worth area, I went to big league games. I went to the Rangers games. And so all I knew was really big league baseball. And the product on the field is what really drives that business. And here it's the reverse. Um, it's after that first year, I really fell in love with how intimate minor league baseball is for so many people. And so how we wear a lot of hats, some of those hats are good, some of those hats are soggy because they're tarp hats and you're doing really everything, right? But I've really loved that, that you can really touch and dip your toe in a lot of spots. And so I remember my dad asked me after that first season, you know, what'd you think? I said, Dad, I love minor league baseball. And he goes, well, what do you want to do? I said, I think it would be a general manager of minor league team. I love that you can have an impact and touch a lot of all areas. He said, well, if you want to do that, you need to be able to generally manage everybody. And I don't know why I never thought about it that way. I was like, that, that's true. He said, so you should try to do as much as you can do, learn as much as you can learn. And so I really spent those next, uh, I guess, five or six years just trying to help in every department I can help with, just so I can learn it. I can at least empathize with, uh, we have some great people been here a long time. I just want to learn from them how this works and how it all connects together to create what we get to create. Uh, I've been our mascot hundreds of times. Uh, not uh, one time uh, during a game, mostly out in the community, because as I was the community relations guy, you know, you hit the fall when baseball's not in, I want to make sure people are still thinking Round Rock Express. So, uh, of course, you have fall carnivals and festivals and all sorts of stuff we want to get our mascot to. Uh, and, of course, I'd send out the request, and none of the sales guys wanted to do it. So there I was, right? I was the one who booked the request, so I, I would do it. So I could, I could make some extra money those first few years, which was good. I'd bring my fiance now, wife, along with me. She made some money doing it, too. She'd be my handler. Uh, but just really appreciate it. Now I know in October, 
uh, when you, you know you just want a nine to five back. You're so you've been around this the ballpark forever. When I ask my community relations person and now my mascot to go out and do something, I understand the ask I'm asking of you because I've been there. But you know how important it is. I know how important it is. And so, you know, again, I just need to be able to generally manage everybody and know what their role is and how it impacts other roles. And so uh, uh, just try to learn as much as I could. Again, being that athlete just controlled what I could control. There were a lot of things that get outside my control that happened that put me in a spot to be the GM here. And, and look, like anybody else will tell you, I've got a lot to learn every single day. There's a lot of great guys uh, in the Pacific Coast League that we're in. Uh, we get to meet with those guys four or five times a year, and I just want to be a sponge and learn from them guys who have been in the game 30, 40 years. And at the same time, learn from other other young guys in the league. Uh, and, you know, we were talking about it before this. I mean, there's so much that's coming on board from a digital standpoint, leaning on people that we bring on, leaning on the youth of our organization too. And uh, So, again, just just very fortunate in a lot of ways. A lot of people ask me, again, what's the path to get where you are at the age of one? There, there's not one. Uh, but that can be the beauty of it too, right? This is not a... A Dell or an IBM, I can tell you, if you're here for three years, you're a director. If you're here for another three, you're this. You know what? Create your own path. You can create your own path. You know, our, our staff has doubled since I've been here out of necessity. And so uh, that's just kind of the mentality I took in all of this. So what do you do on a day-to-day basis uh, basis, or uh, what are you responsible for here at the, uh, at the Dell Diamond? Everything you hear, see, feel, taste, touch is, is really what I'm responsible for. So everything. Um, but day-to-day, it's, I think it's what makes this time beautiful is there's never a day that's like the day before. It's always different. And that's mostly good. Some, some days, you know, they're better than other ones or longer than other ones for sure, especially when there's weather days. But uh, it's really everything. You know, you're coming in. I mean, game days and non-game days are different. Uh, you know, non-game days is more of a 9 to 5 for the most part. Game days can be 14, 15-hour days, depending on how long the game went and all the rest. Uh, but it really is. It's, it's, it's overseeing all departments, making sure that, you know, a lot of our legwork starts in October, really. Um, in the off season, which is not even fair to call it that, we're on. We're just not here for 15 hours a day. Um, so, you know, a lot of what we do, like in so many other, I mean, we're really prepared October, November, December. Uh, we're, we're doing sponsors, we're doing partners, we're getting our, uh, our marketing schedule together, our promo schedule, uh, our baseball travel schedule. I mean, all this stuff really gets planned months in, uh, in advance. And then when you get to the season, you're just executing stuff you've already planned. And it's weird on a game day, you could be uh, prepping for days to come until you hit about five o'clock and hey, gates are about to open and now we're focused on game day. So you're constantly looking ahead. You're constantly focusing on the present. You're juggling a lot of balls to kind of stay on top of that. And even when the team goes on the road, we could be hosting, you know, uh, Austin Elite Rugby. You got Major League Rugby out here. And so now we're focused on rugby. And now you're focused on a Snoop Dogg concert, which we had last December. Now you've got Mexican League soccer. Now we've got our conference center pumping some big weekend log thing. We've got a nonprofit walk here at the ballpark. So you're always juggling a lot of balls. And so for me, it's really leaning on. Uh, that's what I've learned. I think the most being at this level is, you, I mean, you just got to trust your people. You've got to hire great people. Because, uh, again, I'm generally managing those people. I'm staying plugged in enough to know what they're doing, make sure they have the resource they have, they have the, the, the people and support they need. Uh, you know, obviously uh, helping with tough decisions or making sure we're all communicating together. So it's really just having just this pulse of everything that's going. I can't, sometimes I'm having to dive deeper into a, to a department than I would another department. Um, and that's that's necessary sometimes, and it's just making sure everybody is where they need to be. We have everything we need to have, uh, which which sometimes just takes time. It just takes time. You start learning your ritual, get your routine together. Then you're always going to get thrown some sort of curveball that'll happen. It'll it'll take time out of your day. But uh, I think the tougher thing for me too at this level is before, like a lot of people in other industries, uh, you know, it's easy to kind of set up a task at hand for that day and check off boxes as you get them done. 
And so when you get to the end of the day, you see your box checked, you feel like that was a that was a positive day, productive day. Well, for me, it's tough to do that uh, because a lot of times I spend a lot of time just talking through stuff with people, making sure we're on the same page, making sure we're, we're talking amongst each other, answering questions, high-level questions. So you get to the end of the day going, gosh, I don't, I don't know where the day went. I don't know what we got accomplished. We know we talked about a lot of stuff. So it's just, it's tough to really see a tangible checklist of things you got done today. Now, I know, I know it was a positive day. I know it was a productive day, but there's not these tangible things you can go, that got done and I checked that off. And so sometimes it's just making sure you're staying productive. You're making sure that those meetings are productive meetings, making sure that you're in those meetings as long as you need to be in or as for as short as you need to be in them. But it's just, it's just tough to feel as productive as you used to when you get to this level because there's so many balls you're juggling. Um, with being with the uh, Express for almost a decade um, and being around so much talent, what players stood out to you and why did they stay out, stand out for, to you? Yeah, I think I think uh, maybe one of the earlier ones was Chris Davis. You know, Chris Davis of the Orioles, although I know he just broke a, uh, <laughs> an odd streak of being hitless for as long as he was, uh, was a guy that I actually played against in junior college and he, he wowed me then. Um, but when he came in here, it was 2011. We had just switched affiliations to the Rangers. The Rangers just come off a World Series appearance the year before. So they were really riding a wave, a high wave, as were we, you know, affiliated with the Texas Rangers. And Chris Davis came on board. And, I I mean, the BP show he put on every day. I mean, there was a game he had a home run to right field, center, and left field. I mean, it was like every other pitch. He was going to hit a ball 500 feet. I mean, he was just on another level. The ball came off his bat. It sounded different. He was just, he was just that kind of guy. And I think another guy um, – We've had plenty come through on, on visiting teams as well, uh, but another guy on our team would have been Nomar Mazzara. I mean, back in 2015, he was in Double A. He joined us for the playoff push in Triple A, and just a guy who just just stood out. You know, you see a lot of these guys come through, and some guys have, you know, some good games going. Oh, that guy's got some talent, and then they regress or they have a normal day. But Nomar, the show he put on, I remember being in a playoff series against Oklahoma City that first round. I think it was the ninth inning. We were down by a run. He was the first batter up, and he just parked a ball on top of our center field shed. I mean, it was easy, a 480-foot shot. Just, you know, called the big chill. It was just so simple. The way he was, he didn't show a lot of emotion. He was just kind of a quiet, what about his business, but he just, he stood out like, that guy's going to be a dude at the next level. And as young as he was, it was really, so those are, those are two, again, there's been a ton who have come through, but he's a guy who, for sure, those two guys just stood out as guys that just didn't belong to AAA. Um, so if you could not, let's, let's say I'm talking about me right now. Um, if I could not play baseball for any reason, and uh, I'm a, my huge passion is really baseball, what other types of jobs are there in baseball? Um, and how do you get uh, to go about getting them job, those jobs? Yeah, there's plenty. You know, there's a lot of people who, here's what I tell a lot of people is, and I've asked this a lot, when people want to work for me, uh, I'll say, why do you want to work for the Round Rock Express? They'll say, I just love baseball. I go, okay, well, there's a lot of people who just love baseball, right? I don't mind that being a passion of yours, but that can't be the sole reason you want to work because you'll find out pretty quick, I don't watch a lot of baseball. I don't have the option or the chance to watch a lot of baseball. We really are running a business. Now, we, we have the benefit of getting to do that around this great game of baseball, uh, which uh, impacts a lot of people in a lot of phenomenal ways. Um, but that core, you loving baseball, should not be the sole reason. So you ought to spend some time you know, coming out and doing things like this, right? If you have a if you have a minor league team around you or whatever it may be, to have a chance to shadow somebody or get on their website and see what their core values are, see what the different, just go on their staff page, see all the different 
uh, roles you could have. Again, we have a sales team, corporate and season ticket group sales. We have an IT division. We have an operations division. We have a marketing division. Uh, we have event sales, a day of game staff. I mean, in a lot of ways, we're no different than any other industry out there. We just get our product is uh, sort of baseball, but mostly entertainment, right? I'd rather you say this is an entertainment facility than a baseball park because I get a lot of people say, well, I'm not, not really a fan of baseball going great, right? We got a lot of things you could have fun out here, right? It's disposable incomes, it's a family friendly, it's affordable. Uh, you know, the dollar dogs, the Friday fireworks, it's the, the you know, the wine at nine nights, the Star Wars nights. I mean, there's really something for everybody out here they can enjoy. Or it's a Snoop Dogg concert, uh, or it's soccer, or it's rugby, or it's high school baseball, whatever it may be that, that, that you really enjoy. Where If it's baseball, great, we got a lot of that, right? But it really is entertainment. And so I tell people if that's something you want to be a part of, we've, we've got a lot of options. Uh, a lot of people come to me and ask about, well, I really want to be on the baseball operation side, which at the minor league level, there could be some opportunities, not a ton, or they'll mention player development. If that's the case, minor league baseball is not really where that starts. People assume, if I just work for a minor league baseball team, I can kind of work my way in and get to know you know, John Daniels and Jeff Lunau, and I can kind of show them that I can scout a little bit, and I know player development. It's not really how that works, right? Uh, and that was even me. I, I didn't know a ton about minor league baseball when I interviewed. Uh, and I didn't really know what I want to do. And I think, well, maybe player development. But I, you learn pretty quick. That's not what we do here, right? There's only a few of us, on even on our big staff, who deal with the Astros at all. So if, if you really want to be in that, that, that'd be more of a scouting type thing. There's other avenues for that. That is not really what we do. It really is about the entertainment value of this. Uh, so if that's the case, I, I'd want people to dive deep and just look at a website. Look at the things that we promote. Look at the nights that we host out here. If those are tight, you come out to a ball game, hey, this is something I would like to get involved in. There, there's ways to do that. There's shadowing opportunities. There's intern opportunities to see. Is this what I do? Is it not what I do? Because even if you like baseball, I can tell you that's, that's not going to be enough. On those 15-hour days, like, look, we've got a 13-game homestand in May. It's 13 games of 15-hour days. You'll find out pretty quick. Your, your love for the game of baseball may not get you through that 10th or 11th or 12th day, right? Uh, you got to really enjoy what you're doing. Now, again, it's easy to start on the sales side. And if you want to breathe that passion, like Oscar, who I know is on this podcast, uh, he is passionate about baseball. I mean, all types of baseball. And that's awesome because some people are passionate about baseball. But he also knows the people he can be passionate with and people that are going, oh, that's great. I don't care who your shortstop is or you're all worth the Astros. Dollar dogs on what day? That's the day I'm looking for, right? Or I want to bring a church group out. What is that? What is that? I do the half price group days. What day is that? Right? Tell me those days. He knows the ones that I could say, okay, maybe you're not baseball driven. You just want to come out because it's, it's affordable. It's, it's a fun place to really uh, make memories and gain experience, whatever it else is. You know, we, we, we've got nights to do those types of things. And so I would just really caution people to go in and say, hey, the, the, the passion for the game of baseball I think can be great because maybe on that 15th day of that homestand, when you're out here and you hear the same music you hear every day before the game and it's getting hotter and hotter as you get closer to June, Maybe that love for baseball goes, you know what? It, it steps you back and go, hey, this is pretty cool what you get to do. I think that's great. But that can't be your driving reason to get in here because that, that's not what, what's necessary. And the same thing, people think that I need a sports management degree. Well, you don't, right? Right? Because what we do here every day is what other industries do. So communications, that's what I am. I mean, just writing to or learning to uh, write concise emails, communicate effectively, those types of work, work you know, collaborate with, with differing opinions and people. Those are things I need, all the stuff we can coach, right? Um, so you, you, don't, you don't necessarily need a sports management degree. If you do, that's fine. Uh, but make sure there, there's some other, uh, uh, you know, I talked to somebody the other day who was doing that, but was getting a business minor. That's great, right? Because that's what we do here. 
really see it as a, as a business thing and we get to be around the game of baseball. And so that's always kind of my cautionary tale of I think the, I think the love for baseball is fine, but don't let it be the sole reason you want to work in this game. So uh, my final question here that I just love to ask yeah. everybody that I sure. interview. So um, being that you're uh, also kind of a general manager, who is the favorite player that uh, has gone through here in the uh, at the Dell Diamond or that you ever uh, played with? It can be uh, with the Express or without the Express. Sure. Uh, well, played with, I, well, I really played against. I played against some really good players. Um, so Max Scherzer was at Missouri uh, when I was there, and I've, you need another podcast to talk you through the, my 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 story with him, uh, and we can talk about that later. Uh, but he was he's again as I'm in the plate, that ball's whizzing by me. It sounded different than I've ever heard it, um, and he also has two different colored eyes, which I didn't know at the time. You walk through that line, I mean, it's pretty. It just added to like who he was. Uh, but Max Scherzer, uh, uh, Jabba Chamberlain for people who remember Jabba, uh, I was two for three off of Jabba uh, when he was at Nebraska. Um, played against Evan Longoria when he was at uh, Long Beach State. He was a third baseman. We didn't know him from Adam, um, but he showed pretty quickly why he is who he was when I was out there. So played against a lot of lot of great players. I remember going to the Minute Maid Classic when I was at Baylor, um, and we we played Vanderbilt, but we missed the day before because Vanderbilt played Rice. David Price was on Vanderbilt, so we missed. I saw him pitch against Rice, uh, and then uh, Pedro Alvarez was the third baseman. So that was that was pretty cool. So played against a lot of lot of good players. Um, but favorite players come through here. I mean, you've heard these. Jared Hoying was a guy that was here for a long time, and it's it's not always typical. You get guys that spend three or four seasons in AAA, but he was one of those guys who did. He was kind of a you know he came up through the Rangers farm system, so it's kind of neat to see him get that call to the Rangers and kind of go full circle, right, from being drafted to make his way up from a, from a, small, a smaller college in Ohio. Uh, Brett Nicholas is another guy, kind of did the same thing. Those guys kind of go together hand-in-hand. Hand. Those those are really great guys. And there's been so many. I mean, Doug Bernier, who we talked about before this, just just guys who really love the game, played it for the right reasons. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys who come through here. AAA is kind of the, that weird spot where, Although things are different with the Astros, but you get you got such a mesh of guys—guys guys that are young and up and comers, and they're they're knocking on the door to, to finally get to the big leagues—a lifelong dream for so many people. You've got guys who have run out of options. You've got guys who've been in the big leagues and just tried—they're on the back end part of their career, and they know it. Some guys are on the back end; they don't know it. Uh, and you got those guys sitting next to each other. Some guys making really great money. Some guys not, not, not make a lot of money. So you have this crazy mix and blend of guys in a locker room. All fighting for the same thing, um, so it's 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 a unique spot, and I think AAA has become more of a developmental level than it has, you know, maybe the last ten years or so, where, you know, we had guys like Joey Gallo and guys like, uh, 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 well, of course, Nobar came up. Uh, oh gosh, why am I blanking on his name? Second baseman for the Jerks and Profar. Those guys were highly touted and came to AAA and struggled. Even even uh, uh, Guzman. Uh, came up. I remember he had a home run his first at bat. Then he batted like a buck eighty the rest of the season, and then he came back the next year and really put it together. But I mean, this this level, you have a lot of veteran guys at this level. Um, maybe they're not you know top tier guys, but they they've spent time at the big leagues. They know how to pitch you. They've got a book on you. So I think it's become more of a developmental level for guys uh, outside of just double A. And so uh, it's a really unique place to see a lot of guys come through. But uh, I think of the two, I mean Jared and Brett, to see them kind of grow up together, grow up as players. Uh, and I, I think now Jared's been over in, uh, I think it's Korea, uh, doing really, really well. That's been, that's been neat for him. And so those are two guys that really stick out because I think we got to know their wives and their families really well. That's another neat thing that I've told this a lot of people too is, 
Uh, you know, I grew up in the Metroplex. I was a Rangers fan growing up. And I wouldn't say I'm not a Rangers fan now. Obviously, the Astros is good for business. So I'm, I'm all for the Astros. Um, but I think what's different about my fandom is when you're, you work in this game long enough, you become a fan of guys, not so much teams. Because you get to know them on such a personal level. And so, you know, when Jared originally, I can't remember if it was a Rule 5 or what it was, Trey, but he went to the Angels. Growing up, I'd never root for the Angels. I'd root for Jared Hoyt. You know, same thing, Robinson Torino's the catcher for the Astros. He came through and played here. Man, I'm a big fan of Robinson. The difference is now is I don't have a lot of guys since this is our first year at the Astros that have played up up at the Astros yet. So I don't have anybody that I know on a personal level. But that, that's what this game kind of does to you, too, is it changes your perspective on your fandom as it really makes you appreciate the grind, makes you appreciate what these guys go through. Um, and so, you know, maybe Jared and Brett are not the best players to ever play for the Express. But in my mind, they are because of what they represent on and off the field in this great game. And so those are two that really stick out. Perfect. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's Sammy here. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, I would like to ask for your help. Tell me what questions you would like answered. If you could also take a moment to review the show. The algorithms are taking into account how many ratings and reviews I get. The more reviews, the more people they restore the podcast with. Thank you, Quentin Smithwick, Patrick's 42, Sam Benz, Abel 03, Lauren Teague, RGECWEB, Dance Mom TY, Dennis Yu, Genuine Chris, Eric Programmer, Nobody26, Josh818, and Reluctant But Happy Subscriber for all your amazing reviews this week. Don't forget to play ball, kid.